Hello to all our wedding planning couples. I'm Tara and welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. I'm excited to share my creativity and 14 years experience as a professional wedding planner and decorator. And I'm Josh and we're so happy you're joining us for some solid down to earth wedding planning advice that I've accumulated over my 18 years in the industry. We believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting and coordination services. Visit us at completewedo.com for more information. A wedding is a grand event compromising of a series of large, small, imperative, and menial events. One of the most important events is the ceremony itself and when the main goal of getting married is actually accomplished. The gravity of this event warrants an extra step, and that's practice. A wedding rehearsal is key to ensuring the nuptials occur without incident, and then the tradition after the rehearsal is that there's a meal. So today we're gonna to talk about the rehearsal itself and then the dinner that normally follows. And so uh, Tara, this is uh, something that I never really thought was gonna be a question, but it seems to be at this point these days. But uh, how necessary is it to have a wedding ceremony rehearsal? I think that it's very important. I think that it not only allows you to, again, it's one of those moments that can uh, have you take in the wedding day at a slower pace. Um, again, you're gonna walk in the church or wherever you're getting married, you're going to stand up there and hold hands and potentially recite parts of your vows. You're gonna maybe hear your music, hear your readings. Um, there, there are steps of, of your wedding day that you may not necessarily remember and doing a rehearsal will help you potentially remember your ceremony just slightly a little bit more than maybe you will if you didn't do one. But really it puts all your ducks in a row and like legitimately, I mean your people. Um, and whether they've been in one wedding or 10 weddings, there is somewhat going to be a difference between your wedding and the last one that they attended. It could be the venue logistics. It could be the length of your ceremony. It could be certain things that you are putting into place in your ceremony. And so I encourage you to, you know, at least do the walkthrough. I don't, to be honest, I'm not sure that I am 100% sure that you need to do any of the speaking parts at your ceremony. And I really try to tell the clients, like, don't read all your vows. Like, let that be something that you hear on your wedding day, especially, I mean, most people, if they're writing their own, aren't going to read them out loud anyways. But even the repeat after me's will have a different feeling when you're standing up at the altar with all of your people. And so don't recite those. And I also say, don't kiss. Don't kiss at your rehearsal. Just pretend um, like, and again, maybe that's the traditional lady and me of saying, you know, like wait till the wedding day kind of thing. But um, it's definitely the logistics of how are people going to get from point A to point B and where will they stand when they get there? I think is highly important to make sure that the ceremony runs smoothly. I 100% agree with all of that, especially the part of don't read anything, don't go through any of the actual motions. I definitely think that it's better to um, say this part is going to happen and then get into what that actually is and, and have the, the raw, you know, emotion during the actual wedding ceremony. But the, uh, the angle that you touched on that I want to dig on a little bit more, I just think that it's, uh, it's truly about managing people, managing expectations, and it's and, and establishing a level of uh, gravity, for lack of better, you know, terminology. I think that it's important to have that be a thing where you're supposed to be here at this time, so that way you're you're getting everybody to be in the the habit of being on time for the weekend, and 
normally the the rehearsal happens the day before the wedding but so anybody that does show up 15 minutes late they're getting to see in real time what effects they're having on the schedule for the evening which at this point is we're going to go grab something to eat and grab a beer but tomorrow this is you're actually delaying the wedding you know it's a great example to put that type of uh, thing forward and just to give the efficient an example to say you know hey you're somebody that i'm looking at don't mess this up tomorrow and you know a little a little public shaming can go a long way sometimes when you're talking about just basic punctuality so i i think that it's just more than anything important to establish that as the uh first uh step in the weekend of festivities where you know you have to be there at a specific time and you you start to just really put into people's head that this is a, a an event that we've been planning for an extended period of time and we do need your help and we have you here because we want you to be here. So, um, you know, let's get on with everything. Yeah. And I, I would add that, again, like you said, most of the time this is going to happen the night before the wedding. Um, I've had rehearsals last 20 minutes. I've had rehearsals last almost two hours. Um, so it really kind of depends, I think, on your who who's in your wedding? Have they have they done it before? Um, I think there is a difference between a Catholic ceremony rehearsal versus you know getting married in the backyard or a non traditional yep. venue, um, and so those are going to to change the links of it. Um, but I think think about okay if you are doing a Catholic ceremony, are the majority of your other you know wedding party attendants been to a Catholic ceremony before? Do they know that you stand up and sit down, and do they know? Um, that there's going to be hymns that need to be, you know, sung. Do they know that there's going to be communion and what, if they're not Catholic, what do they do during that? And so I think the type of ceremony you're having will dictate the importance of a rehearsal um, and potentially the length of it. Um, but the also thing is to, you know, think about, um, as you were saying, kind of like the timing of the day, I often say, yeah, like make it the same time as your ceremony, especially if you're doing an outdoor ceremony, because you can, you can look at what the, the weather is and, and what the, how the sun is going to hit you for pictures. And you can make some last minute changes potentially if it's not the way that you want it to be. Um, and, and really just kind of go through things um, in your head um, so that you're more prepared. I don't always encourage, you know, trying it with music because no matter how much you practice the walk down to your music, the day of people do not always walk the same um, and things get delayed or, you know, people go too fast or too slow. Um, and so I feel like sometimes that's added pressure that you don't need. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it's a good idea to play the music. However, I do think it's a good idea to uh, time what the processional looks like just to have an idea. Um, I can say that as a DJ, that's nice information to have. Um, and, and I can make any kind of adjustments that I need to, to have to the song. And, and I would even say if there's a specific part that you're trying to uh, walk out to as the, the bride, or if you have specific parts for the um, ceremony for the processional for specific um, family members or wedding party members just tell the dj what that time is and to make it work and don't focus as much on on walking away that like you said you're probably not going to walk the same way because uh most of the time to a rehearsal you, you don't have a bunch of ladies in heels but most of the time at a wedding you have a bunch of ladies in heels mm -hmm. and so that's going to be a, a different different scenario in a different ball game the next day but um you know more more than anything from my perspective the fact that you're practicing is 
reinforcing this is an important part and we need to get it right and everybody needs to be in on time and stuff like that yeah i would add though i do encourage the girls to wear the same shoes for rehearsal that they will on saturday so they get used to walking in them um, and that's and they a good tip <laughs> if they're not going to be able to walk in them um but yeah and i also think when you think about your rehearsal think about the people that need to be there um and it definitely is your wedding party every single person in your wedding party there have definitely been some that they just couldn't get off work or whatnot try to hopefully those are not the people that are starting the walk-in if they are in the middle or they are last they can follow the leader so it's not as important I do think it's also important to bring parents and grandparents in so that they can practice the walk-in, um, especially like the moms, like if you're doing a unity candle and the moms have to come up and light it, or you're doing something else with the family during some sort of unity or, or ceremonial thing with your family, they need to know those cues and what they're looking for. You need to know, are you walking behind the officiant? Does the wedding party need to move aside when you are going to walk to go do that unity things? And so those are things important. What's not necessarily needed at the actual rehearsal is your wedding party's dates, um, especially if they're going to be the ones hooting and hollering and holding us back from getting our, our job done. Um, you don't always need the, the little people or the children of um, your wedding party or families because, again, that sometimes is more of a distraction than you need. Um, I do think it's important if you're going to have readers or musicians or vocalists um, that they are part of it. Um, most of your Catholic ceremonies are going to require them be there for rehearsals anyways, because they run through it a little bit more. Um, but I do think that potentially if they've done it before that they could get away from not necessarily being there. Um, I think your ushers should always be present. Um, so again, they know what the church layout looks like. They know what rows are going to be reserved, um, or I shouldn't always say church, but um, what the layout is, what, what's reserved, what isn't, when are they needing to be there, um, those kind of things. And so I use rehearsal because I don't actually attend rehearsal dinners. And so I use rehearsals to go over timeline, um, to go over what my role is as a coordinator, because I'm not there just for the couple. If I was there for just the couple, shit would hit the fan. <laughs> I'm there to be somebody who can keep your wedding party under wraps, um, that can keep your, hold your vendors accountable. And so I make sure that they know that I am there to handle anything that may need, um, attention. Um, and I make sure that they know not to bring anything up to the couple and instead to come find me when issues arise. And so your rehearsal is so much more than just walking down the aisle and practicing your words. It, it, it's a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the biggest thing that I'm going to echo is the uh, dates of the wedding party should not be at the rehearsal. They can come to the uh, next part, which is the rehearsal dinner. Um, are these a uh, tradition that's a that's a must? Is this uh, a nice to have? What are your what are your thoughts on that? Is it something that's necessary or? Yeah, I would say rehearsal dinner is absolutely not necessary. If you don't have it in your budget and it's you have other tasks that you want to get done Friday night or whenever it is you're doing rehearsal, then by golly, skip it. it there is no handbook that says you have to have a rehearsal dinner. Um, it has become an etiquette thing because it is a nice gesture. Um, it's also a great way for your wedding party, if they don't know each other, to get to know each other before the wedding day. Um, it is usually, you can tell at rehearsals when the people are just meeting each other for the first time, hi, I'm so-and-so, right before they walk down the aisle. And so the dinner just helps relax people um, and get to know each other. It usually is a way for your parents to interact with each other. Um, and so a lot of times I find that parents of the bride and the groom or the couple 
um, have not met each other until the day of rehearsal um, sometimes. And so again, it's that buffer before the wedding day to get out any kinks maybe, um, but get to know each other. It's also etiquette to potentially invite your out of town guests and give them something to do when they have potentially arrived to town earlier than the actual wedding day. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with, with all of the stuff that you just said. Um, I also think that it's a nice time to get some extra face time when you're not in the, the throngs of a, a wedding schedule, you know, for the day and trying to work out pictures and everything to talk to the, the closest people. So your wedding party, your parents, your grandparents, so forth. So I think it's nice to have that. And I'll just expand on what you said, if you don't want to do a formal dinner, cause that's not in the budget. I mean, there's nothing saying that you can't go to the local Irish pub and everybody picks up their own tab for their own fish and chips. And, you know, maybe you buy everybody a beer or something to that effect. Um, you, you can make something like that work, but I personally think that it's a mistake to not take some time to just, uh, you know, sit and take a little bit out on, you know, with the, the day before the wedding to hang out and just, get some, get some talk time with everybody. So that's my, yeah. that's my thought. And process. I would say the less formal rehearsal dinner has been the trend lately. I have had a lot of my couples, especially this summer, do the backyard barbecues of just like, we're just getting our people together in my backyard and we're going to grill out and just have a good time. Um, I see a lot of rehearsal dinners happen at the actual wedding venues. And then they use the time after the rehearsal to, you know, finish up some decorating or, put together those uh, programs or favors that they never got done. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a, a connection time. It's also a time to get some things done if you need to, um, to run through your schedule a little bit more. Um, what I would caution people on is it is not the time to get wasted. Um, and it's not the time to be hung over the next day because I, I tell my couples literally every single rehearsal that you will not look great in pictures hung over, trust me. Um, and so it, it's definitely a time to have a good time, but don't go overboard because um, you want to feel amazing on your wedding day and your wedding party should want to feel that way as well. Yeah, get to get to bed a little earlier than normal and two waters for every drink. You know, yeah. <laughs> this isn't hard. <laughs> it's, uh, just came back from a bachelorette party. I did not take that advice. Let, 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 let me rephrase that. This isn't complicated, but it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you're doing the rehearsal dinner level of formality we, we went through all of that the typical flow of, of all of this but um the one thing that we didn't mention aside from just saying the budget who normally pays for the rehearsal dinner yeah so typically it is actually the um the groom's parents or again if we're talking about same-sex weddings i guess you guys kind of have to, to to deal with you know who who, who you, in a sense, is, is taking the role of paying for majority of the wedding day, then typically it's the other side of the family that is paying for that. But um, for easy terms, it's typically the groom's parents um, that pay for the rehearsal dinner. Um, that is typically the dinner and the alcohol. Um, if it has to be at a, a different venue, that's typically, I mean, everything involved in the rehearsal is typically falls on their plate again we are not seeing the traditional things happen as of late. And so it, whoever wants to do it, I often see sometimes even the couple that will pick that up. And so they're like, yeah, our parents are paying for everything else, but we've decided we want to pay for the rehearsal dinner. Um, and, you know, and they do their own thing. And so, again, I think you have to have that communication, um, but traditionally it would be the groom's parents. 
Another thing that I've seen that's uh, that's cool. I've seen a lot of couples do this and, um, you know, friends weddings that I've gone to, which isn't as, uh, you know, much as 10 years ago, but still still hit them every once in a while. Um, what I've seen is the uh, night before the wedding. So the rehearsal would happen. The rehearsal dinner happens with the uh, the inner circle group and then everybody meets up to like have a cocktail hour later in the night. What are your thoughts on that? Assuming you're following the uh, don't be wasted and hungover. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I, I've seen that definitely happen where there's more of a, an intimate rehearsal dinner with those people that were just present. I do often have um, the couples will invite the dates to the actual dinner, um, but then they'll meet up with more of those out of town. Usually it's their friends that have come in out of town um, a little bit later for, yeah, some sort of little cocktail party or after party type thing. Um, that has, I've seen that we have a lot of Airbnbs that people have been renting lately. And so we see kind of them do a little pre-party, um, at their Airbnbs the night before. Yeah. Well, and our previous episode was about not having regrets and stuff like that. And, and one of the regrets we specifically talked about was not having enough time with your guests doing something the night before in a less formal setting helps with that. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Cool. All right. Uh, anything else to add to the uh, rehearsal and rehearsal dinner? No, uh, as I always say, have a plan. So if you do not have a wedding coordinator, um, really know what, write out your wedding party lineup, who's walking when and with who to what song. Um, so have a plan for that. Um, don't put a lot of high expectations on the dinner. Again, it's going to be one of those things that people are not going to talk about. Use it to socialize, um, get some stuff done have a good time, um, but don't overstress about it. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, nothing more for me to add. So until next time, take care. Cheers and happy wedding planning. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some helpful insight as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Tara with the complete wedding planning podcast. And I'm Josh. Please make sure to subscribe to our channel and rate and review us if you like what you hear. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info. Happy wedding planning!